a Chicago dog, a depression dog, a super dog. All these hot dogs call Chicago home and we'll try them all. Plus Italian beef, Roman pizza, and pepper and egg sandwiches as we visit Chicago, Illinois. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week, we explore a different foodie city and check out the dishes and drinks that make that place unique. This week, Chicago, Illinois, one of the world's great foodie cities. Now, you might recall back on episode 65, we talked to Jonathan Porter of Chicago Pizza Tours and Prohibition Tours, and we talked a lot about pizza in Chicago, including the famous stuffed pizza and the thin crust tavern style pizza and all different kinds of pizza that you can get in Chicago. And I had such a good time talking to Jonathan. I said, Jonathan, let's do another episode, except we'll talk about all the other stuff that you can get in Chicago. And John was game. So we talk about Chicago dogs and great Mexican food that you can get in Chicago and some of the other great dishes that you can get in Chicago, like the combo, which isn't what you think it is, but it's something very, very special. And when it comes to drinking in Chicago, there's the Chicago handshake. And I got to admit, I grew up in the Chicago area. I hadn't heard of the Chicago handshake, and I asked some of my friends from Chicago. They hadn't heard of it either, but that's what makes this conversation with Jonathan so great, that he knows stuff like the Chicago handshake. Anyway, you need to know that Jonathan and I spoke before the pandemic, so before the lockdown, before self-isolation, before quarantine, before any of that was going on. Now we're in the middle of this lockdown, and of course, most food tour companies, including Jonathan's, are not operating right now. It just wouldn't be safe, but eventually this pandemic will lift, and there will be a time when we can travel again. It's coming. I don't know when it is, but there will be a time when we are able to travel again and then we can go to Chicago and enjoy all of these great dishes. So here's Jonathan Porter from Chicago Pizza Tours talking about all things Chicago. Destination Eat Drink. John, welcome back to Destination Eat Drink. You probably don't know this, but you're in rarefied air. There have been only three people in the history of this podcast who have ever been on more than once, and you're the third person to be on a second time on Destination Eat Drink. So congratulations for that high honor. I know you'll hold it in high esteem for the rest of your life. There's no trophy or (laughs) or plaque or anything, but you know, you and I both know. No, it's really cool. So uh, I I appreciate it. And uh, and thanks for having me back. We had such a fun time, uh, you know, the last time talking with you about food. So uh, thanks for having me back. Sure thing. And it's great to have you back. And Chicago Pizza Tours, you guys have added a new tour. So we should talk about that right off the bat. Talk about your Big Shoulders tour at Chicago Pizza Tours. 
Right. So we're uh, so we're getting for getting ready for the upcoming season here. And um, we've always offered what's called our original Chicago pizza tour. And that's the bus driven tour that's going to visit four different places um, and all types of pizza. And you're going to see different neighborhoods and all that for this season coming up in the in the spring, summer and fall. We're going to be running what we call the Big Shoulders Walking Pizza Tour. And uh, it's simply going to be a tour that, that visits four different places, all in like the River North, near North Side, Gold Coast loop uh area and the pizzas are really drastically different um chicago is just one of those great cities that that is huge fanatically about pizza you know they just love their pizza so we have all these different styles um of pizza so we're going to start out with some deep dish pizza uh, and then just a short walk away uh we're able to to kind of switch it up on everybody and have some roman style pizza and uh that's going to be uh from a place called bar cargo i, I can't wait to uh start bringing groups there how do you describe a, a roman style pizza john well, so the Roman style pizza is going to just to get a little bit technical about it. It's got a lot more hydration in it. They're using more water in their dough recipe. And what's going to happen there is when that bakes, the steam inside of that dough really starts to cook it in another way as well. And they do a double bake on that. So they, they par bake it most of the way and then they, they bake it again at the end. And what that ends up doing is it gives you like a very soft, and, um, you know, a very nice soft texture on the top. And then when you get to the actual crust on the bottom, it's just completely brittle, snap breaks. And uh, it, it really is a, a wonderful pizza, very light and airy, and you can eat a lot of it. And they've got a lot of interesting flavors. We're probably going to get one with, uh, you know, with some arugula and prosciutto or maybe uh, one that's got some egg and pancetta on it. Um, so it's going to be a, a real drastic difference from the deep dish pizza that we have right before that. <laughs> um, and then after that, we're going we kind to of walk across uh, River North over to, to eat. Italy. We're going to try some Neapolitan pizza there uh, for kind of bringing it back into the Chicago downtown loop and getting what people came for, the, the, the big stuffed slice. It's uh, just a, that pizza, one slice of that pizza is probably got more ingredients on it or more weight of ingredients than two Neapolitan pizzas. <laughs> right. uh, you go from the simplicity of the Neapolitan pizza to the all kinds yeah. of cheese and other stuff in this stuffed pizza. Yeah, you run the whole uh, gamut of, of, of pizza in just a, a couple of hours. And, and that's the other thing about this, too, is, is this tour, uh, since we're not driving all over Chicago, you know, we're probably going to be able to knock this out in about two hours or so. Um, so it doesn't eat up a ton of your day, um, but you do still get a lot of awesome and diverse pizza to, uh, you know, the sample in, in the course of just a couple of hours. That sounds great and an excellent addition to your Chicago pizza tour. So folks should look for that. Uh, we wanted to have you back, John, because last time we started talking about pizza and next thing you know, all the time was up and we'd only talking about pizza. So I thought we'd have you back and we talk about some other Chicago dishes that are famous because there's so many other great Chicago things to try. And people might have heard of the Chicago dog, which is yeah. that Chicago hot dog. So for people who don't know what this is, describe what it is, because it's really unique. It's not anything like what you get at Nathan's in New York or something like that. 
Right, right, sure. And well, th- and thanks for asking me about this. It, I would, you're going to find one of the, the questions I get the most on, on the tour is, uh, do you eat anything other than pizza? And because <laughs> that it obviously comes across that I eat a lot of pizza, but it's like, oh, well, yeah, there's a ton of great food in Chicago. Um, High end, uh, you know, avant garde style, uh, you know, fine dining, and then a ton of great cheap eats, and that and that's where um, you know most of your hot dogs are going to fall into to that category. Um, I love a Chicago dog. My first job was at a at a hot dog stand. So Vienna beef is is really the go to for the Chicago style dog. Um, and what you do is is it's a boiled hot dog, and then it's stored in porcelain bowls, and then uh, depending on on the place that you're going to. The, the the nicer ones will typically have the poppy seed bun, but then the dog goes in, then yellow mustard, then sweet relish, which is like neon green, almost like toxic green looking. It it does. It looks like it looks like something that you would have to wear a hazmat suit. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, it looks like nuclear waste. Um so yeah, so then uh, yellow mustard, uh neon green, um uh, relish, the white onion, uh cucumber slice, uh tomato slice, uh, a long kosher spear uh, pickle, celery salt, and then, of course, the sport peppers on top of that as well. And uh, sometimes it could be wrapped up with the fries, uh, and other times just the fries come on the side. And, uh, and that right there is your, is your Chicago dog. It's, uh, it's got a little bit of a salad complex to it. But for me, that first bite of the Chicago dog, you're getting uh, a little bit of pickle, you're getting obviously a little bit of dog and, and that mustard and sweet relish flavor, but it's that sting of the sport pepper that you initially get that kind of just sprays down, you know, the, the into your mouth and the back of your throat hits you. And then you got a little bit of spice to go with it. Uh, it it's it's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite foods. Uh, I, I, I would say I don't eat it often, but at least once a month, I'll, I'll go out and get myself a couple of Chicago dogs. Uh, and that's always the way we get them. If you were to describe, and you just did, you described it beautifully, describing all these things put together, you'd say, oh, this this can't possibly work. Cucumbers on a hot dog with celery, you know, and to, it, yeah. should, it shouldn't work, but it does. It's the perfect combination. Now, you wonder what crazy person came up with that idea, right? <laughs> he just, he had some extra stuff in the fridge and right? was just like, all right, Pile it all on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or someone said, "Man, you 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 need to eat healthier." So you put all this stuff on, and it's like, "But I got to have a hot dog." Yeah, that's probably more like it. I wonder. That that's funny. <laughs> so let's let's look at a couple of the aspects of this that are really important because you mentioned John the sport peppers and sport peppers. I've never seen them called sport peppers anywhere else, and I've never right. really seen. I don't even know what kind of pepper it is. It's a, it's sort of a hot, spicy pepper, kind of like a jalapeno, but not really. It's smaller. I don't even know what kind of pepper it is, but they call them sport peppers in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's a serrano pepper, and it's just okay. it's the way it's it's pickled. Um, and it's it's just very vinegary. It's got some some decent heat to it, but it's got a lot of liquid on the inside. So it literally just explodes when when you kind of eat it. it. It's not overly hot, right. you know. Like it, you don't you don't eat one of these peppers and think to yourself, "Oh God, you're you're pounding the desk and, and drinking milk or anything like that." It just it it kind of wakes up the taste buds. It yeah. re- it really does. Yeah, it's a perfect it's a perfect combination with the uh, with the dog. The other thing. That's most important, I think, about hot dogs in Chicago, whether it's you're just getting a regular dog or you're getting a full-on Chicago dog, is 
if you want to get kicked out of a hot dog stand in Chicago, ask for yours with ketchup. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that, that's that's for sure. Um, yeah, that, that is the thing. And, and you know what? I don't know. Like even as a kid growing up, I, I'm pretty sure I remember putting ketchup on hot dogs. But some somewhere around like eighth grade or freshman year of high school, you kind of make that. Well, well, I'm a man now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm. I don't put ketchup on my hot dog if you're, if you're in this town. Um, and uh, even to this day, when I see ketchup on hot dogs, I kind of do like a double take. I'm not judging anybody or anything like that. But it's just it's it's kind of funny that the, uh, the the stigma in Chicago is you do not put ketchup on hot dogs. In fact, um, one of my favorite dogs uh, comes from a place called Gene and Jude's and uh, out in River Grove. And uh, they they do what's called the depression dog. And basically, it's what we just talked about there, but they didn't have all the money for that. So the poppy, it's not a poppy seed bun. It's just a plain bun. And I don't think they don't put any relish on it. No cucumber, no tomato. It's just, uh, you know, mustard onion and sport peppers um you know they just it that's the depression dog that'd be good too yeah and it's just it, it's got the essentials and it's just one of my favorite dogs and they wrap it up with the fries and the line is around the corner and they don't really have much else on the menu there when you when you go there you the way you order is you just tell them a number like i want four you know or something like that <laughs> and the guy behind you honestly i swear every time it's 17 it's usually a lot of people picking them up for a bunch of friends and since they just wrap them up with the fries and everybody just gets them the way they come you know you just literally order some sort of number of them and then get your dogs and get the hell out of there but they do not have any ketchup in the place whatsoever if you want ketchup for your fries <laughs> tough luck they ain't have to go somewhere else now, and there's a McDonald's right around the corner from there. So what people who are ketchup fanatics. Um, oh, this, do, I love this. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. They would go to McDonald's and they would just ask for ketchup packets. Well, McDonald's, it didn't take McDonald's very long to catch on to this. Um, so they basically, so McDonald's, that location in McDonald's charges like 25 cents a packet of ketchup or some, something like that. Just something over the top to, to basically avoid people going in there and asking for ketchup to go with their Gene and Jude dogs and kind of circumvent that system of no ketchup, I guess, is what they're, what they're doing there. Oh, so. beautiful. And any other uh, Chicago places where we can get a good Chicago dog, someplace that uh, you particularly care for? Well, you know, Portillo's is one of your, your go-tos. There, there's a lot of Portillo's throughout the Chicago land area and, and suburbs. And uh, they, Portillo's really does everything right. So you can get yourself a good dog there. Uh, Jimmy's Red Hots is, uh, is always a, a, you know, a pleasure to, to go visit as well. Um, Super Dog, they don't I don't want to get it wrong. They don't sell hot dogs. They sell super dogs, but it's essentially a hot dog and it's their kind of take on it. Um, you know, substitute a few of those ingredients for like a fried green tomato, I believe, but the hot dog's really good from there. And it's one of those, um, it's like the North Northern suburbs or Northwest suburbs. Um, I can't even think of which one it is, but it's on Milwaukee Avenue. You know, you, you drive up and, and order from your car and they put the tray on your window and all that. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing to do with the kids and, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty good hot dog. It's one of my, uh, you know, favorite places to go. Um, it's been a while since I've been there, but, uh, also Maxwell street and Maxwell street is really more known for their Polish, but they, and, and their pork chop sandwich, but, uh, they do a good dog there as well. So I'm just wondering, this just kind of popped into my head while you were talking about Chicago dogs. I wonder if anyone at like a high end Michelin starred place in Chicago had ever considered making like a deconstructed Chicago dog, making it really fancy and charging $29 or something. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw something about um, uh, in one of the food halls. I, I think it was maybe the Time Out food hall. I follow a lot of food writers on, on Instagram. 
one of the writers from the Tribune had put up a picture of this hot dog, and I can't think of the name of the place that did it. But it, it, the hot dog was fine. You know, they didn't do anything different to the hot dog, but they took all of those toppings that we talked about and somehow put it in like a food processor or something like that. So the toppings came out as a relish on top of that, oh, okay. that hot dog. Um, so I, I did see that. Um, that's somebody trying to do a, something a little bit different with it. And then you have, you know, for years, there was a place called Hot Dugs uh, on the uh, on the north side. Right. And that's, you know, Doug Schoen, who uh, he still is in the game a, a little bit. He, he closed that restaurant. He just basically didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, but he still works in that in that food industry. And I know he works with Peace Pizza, um, you know, one of my one of my go to's on the tour. Um, he's really good friends with the owner there. And I, I know that they do custom sausages and stuff for it. But he was really doing a lot of different things with encased meats and, um, you know, still continues to collaborate with other restaurants um, while not having to, to do his own spot. Um, but I'm sure at some point, you know, the, the temptation is going to be too much and he's going to get back into it and, and open up, uh, you know, a new restaurant or something like that. And the whole city of Chicago will be happy when that happens. You mentioned Portillo's. They're all over Chicago and they do a nice Chicago dog. I, I think they're maybe more famous for their Italian beef. Talk, oh, yeah. talk about the Italian beef, because when I was growing up in the suburbs, we had a little place called uh, D's. And I mean, it was literally you kind of had to turn sideways to, to get in through the yeah. door. And it was like a little alley kitchen. And when I was in grade school and middle school, we used to go there all the time after school. And then, of course, they had a grease fire and it burned down and never, oh, <laughs> never to be had it, never to be had a good <laughs> Italian beef again um, in that town in Barrington, Illinois. But uh, Italian beef is famous throughout Chicago. Talk about what Italian beef is and, you know, Portillo's Italian beef and some of the other good places. Well, I always have a tough time describing it exactly. But like, you know, just think of like a roast beef sandwich, but not, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, I've never had anything uh, similar in taste to an Italian beef outside of Chicago, uh, whether it's a French dip beef or, or, or this, it's just never anything that's like it. So, and I believe the story goes that this is, you know, during the great depression, it was a wedding food at, at a lot of, uh, Italian weddings. Their, their thought process behind it was they were taking this, you know, big side of beef and slow simmering it um, for hours with tons of different Italian spices on it. And, uh, and and what they would do is then slice it up into these really thin slices that start to fall apart. And, uh, and, and, all that, and they put it on French bread. And then you, you take that and you dip it in the juice. Sometimes you just dip it. Sometimes you have what they call it, baptizing it, where the whole thing is submerged and the bread is super soft. Um, and then you cover it with sweet peppers, which are just a green bell pepper, um, and then jardinere. And jardinere is another one of those things where I, I didn't realize that it was just a Chicago thing until I left uh, Chicago and went to college at Eastern Illinois. Now, keep in mind, Eastern Illinois is only like three hours from Chicago. <laughs> Different world, though. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get there and I'm like, oh, OK, you know, week two or whatever. I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm like where's the Jardinere? Uh, everything. <laughs> and they're like, well, there's no Jardinere. What is there? What's Jardinere? I'm like, you mean like jalapeno peppers? And I'm like, no, I mean Jardinere. For your listeners, Jardinere is just a mixture of like serrano peppers, celery, carrots, uh, little green olives, um, cauliflower sometimes. And it's all pickled and and sits in soybean oil and um it's just it's it just like the you know the sport peppers i talked about for the 
for the hot dog. Um, it's got a different taste to it, but it, you know, it kind of wakes up the taste buds and, um, we put that stuff on everything, especially including it, it, Italian beefs. So yeah, I, I, I've had so many great Italian beefs over the years. Uh, some of my favorites for, for Italian beefs are, you know, Johnny's in Elmwood Park. Uh, my wife introduced me to that place. Uh, and, and it is, you know, one of the best Italian beefs going there. Um, I also like, uh, gosh, as far as for Italian beefs, you know, we, we talked about Portillo's. They do everything right. You, you can't go wrong with a Portillo's Italian beef. Al's on Taylor Street, which is in Little Italy. That that one that one location of Al's is, is one of my favorites. I know that, you know, you could maybe go to an Al's at somewhere else and, and it might be great, might not be as good. But the one over there on uh, on Taylor Street is just one of my one of my favorite. Surprisingly, and I, I know the, you know, actually this is doesn't sound surprising to a lot of people. Some of my favorite Italian beefs come from pizzerias <laughs> and right and yeah and, and it's just you know a lot a lot of places will put the italian beef on the pizza i do love that but uh vito and nicks i know which we talked about um last time on the south side uh rose she does an, an incredible italian beef that woman is not afraid to to pile on the garlic and leave it medium rare um so it really is so tender and flavorful and i always you know she doesn't even make me a beef sandwich i get it on the pizza but i always ask for a side of beef and she serves it to me cold like in a little bowl alongside the pizza and it's one of those things where you just keep eating it and it's it's so garlicky and so good currently my my absolute favorite italian beef and I, i've really got to get a handle on this because i've had way too many in the last uh two months here it, it's coming from coal fire in west town and uh dave over there he's a big italian beef guy you know obviously their bread and butter is to make pizzas and stuff but on fridays what they're doing is they're they're going to damato's which is down the street on grand and getting the bread there and damato's is, is just known for for great sandwich bread um you know they got this big coal oven in the basement that they make all this bread in and uh on Fridays, he'll go early in the morning, get the bread, and uh, he starts his beef in his, in his pizza oven like on Wednesday evening or Thursday morning or something like that and slow simmers it uh, in a in a coal-fired oven, which is kind of crazy. And, and I know that's probably pretty complex, but he is putting so much spices in it and everything. It has just become so flavorful. And then the the other thing you do with it is you take the au jus, that juice that it's in, and when the bread goes stale on Saturday – you have what's called a soaker. And a soaker is literally <laughs> just stale bread. And you dip it in this juice and maybe there's bits and pieces of the beef. It is uh, like we were sitting there having them on one Saturday because I because I had mentioned him. I'm like, oh, you got the beef. Let's let's have a soaker and all that. And he's like, oh, my God, I forgot about soakers. Soakers were like seven cents at the hot dog stand that I worked at. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. They were like seven cents. It's true because I was just thinking as you were saying this, John, I was just thinking back to when we used to go to D's. And if we couldn't afford to get the Italian beef, we would get what he called the French dip. And he'd take the roll and he'd dip it into the au jus. And in the 70s, it was 12 cents. I, yeah, I, yeah. I still remember it to this day. It was 12 cents. And, you know, if I'm in fifth grade, yeah, I can come up with 12 cents. Yeah, right, right. They're more or less looking for some change for the register and to get rid of their <laughs> stale bread. But we were, we were sitting there joking. We think the soaker was better than the beef itself. We were like joking about it. this should be how the, the if, if it was served at Alinea as one of the courses, Food writers from across the world would be writing about this crazy, amazing <laughs> dish. And it was just this cheap soaker with stale bread. And uh, we just we loved it so much. I think 
he's doing something. That he, I know Tempesta Market is uh, across the street from them, and I know they get a lot of their meats from Tempesta. And I think he said something about putting tomatoes in the au jus while they're stewing it or something. They're, they're, whatever they're doing, um, you know, it's just it, it's that kind of that kind of au jus that just coats your throat and uh, you know makes makes you want to keep eating it even when you're full. So that that, that has been my my latest craze over there, and I got to get a handle on it before it gets out of hand. <laughs> You know, this uh, episode is going to start airing the Friday after Easter, which means Lent has just finished. And a lot of folks, they have um, different foods that they eat during Lent. In Chicago, I talked to my friends about this, you know, the pepper and egg sandwich. All, All the Catholics, they have pepper and egg sandwiches. So as I was preparing for this show, I was uh, texting my friend Rick, and I said, Rick, um, where do you like to go to get your pepper and egg sandwich during Lent? And he just texted back my house. So um, oh, let's, right. let's, I said, yeah, great, great spot. I've, I've heard the food is excellent, <laughs> but the service is very spotty. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so what I wanted to ask you is first, uh, describe a pepper and egg sandwich. It's not very complicated, but also maybe a couple of places in Chicago where we can get a pepper and egg sandwich. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's not pepper like uh, crushed black pepper or anything. It, it is uh, they're bell peppers, uh, sweet peppers. Um, you know, sautéed green peppers typically um, done the Italian way with the, you know oil and some other spices on it. And then um, for the for the the bread, it's usually like you know a six inch roll French bread type, usually soft uh, uh, type bread, and it's got um, scrambled eggs in it and. Um, these sweet bell peppers and it's just uh, you know that's how that's how it's served it was it's a meatless option during lent like you said for for catholics and i remember when i when i worked with my my dad uh you know at, at the family business there uh every friday we would go to fontano's to get our, our pepper and egg sandwiches um and it was it was almost like something we looked forward to you know lent is this time where you're supposed to be giving stuff up right right, right. and kind of we you know Chicago, what a city Chicago is. They're like, they make these delicacies out of uh, things that you're supposed to be, you know, kind of giving up. You're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, looking forward to, to giving up meat on Fridays, you know. So, um, but what uh, what we would do at Fontana's too is they would they would put on, so they would usually put on some provolone too, which would melt with the, with the hot eggs and uh, give oh, it kind nice. of creamier texture. And then you got get the sweet peppers in there, like I said. But again, it's Chicago, so I would always add some jardinier to it as well. And now you've got some some spice and some vinegar flavor going on there, and it really becomes this um, this filling, you know, meaty but not non meat sandwich. Um, and, and I always loved the. Um, the pepper and egg sandwich this time of year. Uh, Vinny's on Grand Avenue does a good one. They do a lot of great sandwiches. Um, I, you can find me going up and down Grand Avenue in the summer, uh, you know, all the time between, you know, Ashland and uh, and Halstead. There, there's so many great spots on Grand Avenue, but Vinny's is a great place that, that does the pepper and egg sandwich. You know, I talked about uh, D'Amato's for their bread. Um, they have one available as well. It's a it's a nice Italian joint, so they always have your you know, your Italian cookies, your Italian specialties. They do some pizza there as well, but their main business is they supply bread, and they do have some pepper and egg sandwiches on the menu there too. The pepper and egg sandwich, like we were talking about, is designed to be a meatless option. However, if you're not Catholic and you want to get a pepper and egg sandwich, and you think it's blasphemy that you don't have any meat on it. If you go to Johnny's in Elmwood Park, which we talked about for the Italian beef, they have great Italian beefs. They do a pepper and egg sandwich there as well. 
but you can get it with the sausage on <laughs> <Of course. laughs> the Italian sausage in there with the pepper and egg sandwich. Um, you know, that that's kind of a treat too. But yeah, that, 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 that's a little different than the ones we, we grew up, uh, you know, eating and, and, and know about. Incidentally, too, we, we, we talked about the Italian beefs earlier. Uh, we didn't even mention what the combo is, right? And um, a lot of these places will even have signs. Uh, these Italian beef places will have signs that say a combo does not mean with fries and a drink. A combo means putting your Italian sausage on the Italian beef sandwich with everything. So you're eating a beef and combo sandwich. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's talk, bit... talk about your stereotypes of Chicago. I mean. <laughs> right? It's right out of the super fans right there. Yeah. I, I mean, it, at my age, it's been, it's been probably a good couple of decades since I've had a combo. And I don't have any. I, I do love an Italian sausage sandwich. I love an Italian beef sandwich. But uh, it's been a while since I've had a combo sandwich. But, yeah, I was it, just talking about the, the Johnny's pepper and egg and thinking about the sausage going on there made me, made me think about that and figured – might as well might as well bring it back up here real quick. <laughs> We're talking to Jonathan Porter of Chicago Pizza Tours. John, for me, Chicago is the neighborhoods. And I know a lot of cities say that, you know, it's all about the neighborhoods. But for Chicago in particular, you've got all these little enclaves that were places where the immigrants would come and settle. And there are so many of them in Chicago. You've got Greek town, Ukrainian village, you've got Polish sections, you've got Irish sections. You know, now they've now, of course, it's changed with the way Chicago has changed. But, you know, until my uncle married a woman who was born in Serbia, I didn't even realize there was a huge Serbian population in Chicago as well. Talk about some of the different neighborhoods and some of the food that we can get in these different neighborhoods. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think there's, um, you know, the, the numbers always change a little bit, but I think there's at least 66 neighborhoods in Chicago. Um, and each neighborhood has its own kind of uh, flair and, and um, maybe specialty that, that it has to it. And, and like you said, too, it, it changes often uh, as well. I, I My office is in Bridgeport, uh, and I'm, I'm very close to the Pilsen neighborhood. And the Pilsen neighborhood uh, is was known to me always as is Hispanic, very Hispanic. You get tacos there. Um, you get carnitas, um, any, you know, Mexican delicacies, you know, you can find them down in Pilsen, but it's originally a Czech neighborhood. Right. So these neighborhoods get set up and they change and, and, you know, you got to keep up with them to see where, where, where they're going. But, uh, in fact, I, I'm probably going to go to lunch there, uh, tomorrow with a, a friend of mine. There's a place called Don Pedro's for carnitas. And it is like, uh, if like you went to Mexico city, but but I'm I'm down on 18th Street in, in Pilsen, right? And, and uh, you just wait in these long lines, and they're they're chopping up the food all right in front of you, and it, it's just a, it's such a different experience. Um, and there, there's Carnitas Europan uh, down there as well, which is, is super super these flavorful uh, fall apart in your mouth uh, Carnitas. So uh, I love Pilsen for for Mexican food, but the neighborhood even now as I know it as as you know for getting Mexican food, and it, it's expanding and you're starting to see more places come in there and maybe there's barbecue joints and pizza joints and, and all that so even now it's kind of changing i would definitely you know if you're if you're coming to chicago you're staying downtown most likely you're in the loop or river north or or streeterville along the mag mile there um, but one of the, the the big neighborhoods for food right now is uh the west loop and the fulton market um you know 
talking about like back, even as back as like 2008, 2009, uh, that place was kind of dead and especially on Randolph street and, and just one after another, these, these, this is more like your fine dining, your high end restaurants, uh, you know, just started coming in and, and Stephanie Izard, you know, has, has put in at least three of her girl and the goat type restaurants and, um, Rick Bayless opened up a, a Lania Brava there, which, you know, his, Topo Labombo and Frontera Grill and Joko were all part of the like River North staples, but now he's got a, a wood fired fish Mexican place in in the uh, in the West Loop. Um, got Ah Chevelle for burgers, so it's really a, a nice little treat. Uh, more of the, your high end dining as opposed to you know going down to Pilsen and getting some carnitas. Right, right. Uh, so I definitely want to make sure you know we mentioned to your listeners that the West Loop is is a, a great place to get some amazing you know more high end food. Uh, in, in Chicago. Um, I know we probably talked a little bit about Ukrainian Village. One, one of my favorite uh, uh, restaurants right now is this place called Both House, which is a, a French steak place uh, in the Ukrainian Village on Western Avenue. It's it's so good. But yeah, there's just all these different neighborhoods have, you know, a, a different flair and, and something that you could get out of them. Greek Town, uh, I'm sure you, you've got probably have fond memories of going to Greek Town. I went there the last time I was in Chicago. My uncle took me to Greek Town for, for lunch. So, of course, yes. Talk, nice, talk about nice, your yeah. favorite places in Greek town. I mean, uh, you know, it, it sounds uh, it sounds cheesy, but the, the Greek islands—that's the one that everyone gravitates towards. It's but right it's on so the much fun. It's so much yes. fun to go there. Yes, and it's huge on the inside too. And it's right at the corner of uh, uh, Halstead and uh, and um, oh gosh, what is it? Adams, I think Halstead and Adams, and um, you know, you get the the Saganaki, which I always thought that was like a you know a, a Greek thing. You know, they came from Greece or so, but uh, it turns out Saganaki is really a, a Chicago Greek thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They, they don't do that. it anywhere else. Yeah. And, Describe uh, the Saganaki. It's where they light the cheese on fire. It's mm-hmm. flaming and goes, cheese. Opa. Yeah, yeah. They all go, Opa. You know. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I mean, you light some cheese on fire and caramelize it. <laughs> it that's a lot of fat. It, it, it tastes great. It's fat and salt. You know, and that's more for like going out, go out, going out to eat. You get maybe some lemon chicken and noodles or some some Mediterranean type dish there, maybe. But I also really enjoy going out all night and then stopping at Mr. Greek to get a euro at like one in the morning or so, <laughs> and uh, and eating that uh, and uh, figuring out how much of it is on my clothes the next morning. You know, um, it, it, I, I really enjoy uh, Mr. Greek euros uh, down there as well. And and the, the funny thing too about like you know if you go if you come to Greek Town in Chicago. You don't really need to know your way around because it's not very big. It's only like, you know, one or two blocks, basically. So it's not it's not as intimidating uh, a neighborhood to, to show up to. Whereas like, you know, Chinatown here in Chicago, it's on Archer Avenue. It's on Cermak. It's a, the Archer Avenue is an angled street. You can get a little bit confused going to Chinatown. Uh, but there's some some great food, obviously, in Chinatown as well. There's a, a Lao Szechuan makes a, a, a three chili chicken that just kind of haunts me every now and then that I have to just get in my car and go there for lunch, you know, <laughs> once once in a while because it's like I haven't had that in forever. So uh, you really, there's so many, um, you know, in, in, in big cities like this, in, in these immigrant towns where, where people, you know, gra- gravitate towards 
um, you really do get, uh, you know, a taste of the whole world, uh, you know, at your fingertips. And I, I don't take that for granted. Let's talk about Polish food, because when I was growing up in Chicagoland, everyone always said, you know, Chicago has the largest Polish population outside of Warsaw. And it's evident in the culture of Chicago. I mean, Pulaski's Day is a big celebration yeah. in Chicago. It's always and, a day off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a day off in Chicago. When I was living in Austin, Texas... Uh, a new pierogi place came in and I, I walked in the door, took a look at the couple that was running the place and immediately said, you're from Chicago, right? And they're like, yep. <laughs> so um, I guess if we talk about Polish food, first thing we should talk about is is pierogies because of the great pierogies that you can get in Chicago. For sure. For sure. Now, um, with Polish food, for, for me, my, my personal experience, it's a little different as opposed to going out to eat at Polish restaurants. Um, that was really nothing, something that I never really did. But uh, yeah, I really quickly, I want to note that like Flo and Santos, one of the pizzerias we work with on the uh, on the pizza tour, they do a tavern style thin crust pizza. They do a Polish pizza on the menu there. Oh, and what's that? And that's going to have uh, sliced kielbasa on it, which is the <laughs> okay. traditional Polish sausage, salty yes. and garlicky, um, applewood smoked bacon, and a little bit of kraut kind of ties it all together as well. And it gives a little bit of a crunchy texture. Oh, and wow. the vinegar from that kraut really helps to balance out the salt on it. I don't even tell people that there is kraut on that pizza when I serve it to them because I know some people just, for whatever reason, they have an aversion to it. And I've tried it without the kraut and it doesn't tie it all together. So I always give them that pizza and then tell them what was on it afterwards. And they're like, oh, well, that, that was actually pretty good. I'm like, yeah, I know. That, that's why I gave it to you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, really quickly before I go into like any sort of Polish stuff, I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that they've got a Polish pizza. They're the only place in, a, in the world I know that, that does a Polish pizza. And every now and then um, they'll do the pierogi pizza too, which is a white pizza with their pierogies on it. It's got um, some some sort of cream that they, they make too. Like uh, it's With Polish food, there's just there's not a lot of color going on on the plate it's a very white plate that you're, you're looking at there with with uh you know potato pierogies and, and and certain meats and all that um but as far as like you know my experiences with with, with polish food we had a in my my early 20s when i was living in bucktown at the time you know we had a, a buddy of ours who was a, a trained as a chef so naturally his day job was to sell computers and stuff like that <laughs> but uh but on the weekend what we would do is you know we'd go out on a saturday night and then um, Sundays were, were Bears games and the Bears were always playing at noon and we all, we would always make a big thing about the, we would tailgate at our, at our apartment as opposed to even, you know, if, if they were on the road. So I would pick him up and we would go right to the Polish, uh, you know, delis and bakery. There was one called Andy's Deli over there on Division Street and we'd get like a, a bunch of different sausages like Kabanosh and Mishlowski and pierogies. And we would really, you know, he would kind of teach us how to slice everything up and make kind of like these uh, platters of of Polish delicacies, you know, type stuff with with the little pickles and all that. And, and that would be, you know, our quote unquote man food for the uh, for the Bears game. Right, and, uh, right. you know, that was it was one of my my favorite days of the week was just eating all this, you know, meat and kraut and pickles and and, and all this stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like for the Polish food, it's more like eating it at parties and and doing it yourself at the house, going to the, the you know the delis and getting it, and uh, as opposed to going to like these fine dining Polish restaurants and stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right. So let's change gears and talk about uh, drinking in Chicago. To me, Chicago has always been either a uh, either a beer town 
old style, or like <laughs> a bourbon town, you know, um, hard drinking uh, factory guys uh, after mm-hmm. work and whatnot. But of course, that's changing now. Chicago's a very different place than it was in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Talk about some of the best bars that we can go to and maybe some cocktails that we can enjoy there. Sure, sure. Well, uh, we, we can't also forget to mention what the Chicago handshake is, and that is uh, a shot of Malort with a tall boy of old style. <laughs> <laughs> and if your listeners don't know what Malort is, it's a Scandinavian wormwood that's distilled from, like, I believe grapefruit is, like, where it starts, the, the, the flavors. But if you think it tastes like grapefruit, it does not taste like grapefruit. It tastes like you grabbed a chunk of earth, covered it in gasoline, and just shoved <laughs> it in your mouth. It's, uh, oh, it's hi, all- uh, so you're, you're selling it hard there, John. It sounds great. <laughs> You'd be surprised. The, the the grosser you tell people it is, the more they want to drink it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but, uh, you know, Chicago is, uh, you know, it's... It, Obviously, it's a, it's a big drinking town as well. Um, and, and I don't know if, you, if I even told you this too, but I also run, you know, in addition to the Chicago Pizza Tours, I run the, the Prohibition Tours, which is, you know, found at prohibitiontours.com. And it's, you know, basically a, a tour about, uh, you know, one of Chicago's most notorious eras. Uh, and we visit places that operated as speakeasies during Prohibition and continue to operate today. So it's like a, a history tour that involves drinking. Um, it's not really so much a bar crawl, but uh, as, but some people might describe it that way. Super uh, cool. But yeah, I, I, I definitely have some favorite places for for like let's start out with just like cocktails and like high end drinks or so first, and then we'll kind of make our way down to uh, to, to regular bars. But we talked about Pilsen as a neighborhood earlier. There, there's a place called the Punch House in Pilsen, which is uh, phenomenal. There's there's a Lagunitas Brewery nearby, so oftentimes you might go to Lagunitas Brewery for a couple beers and then want to go for a sophisticated place, uh, the Punch House there, and they do all these different types of punch. So you maybe, you know, you go there with your friends, you get a table and you get like one pitcher of a specific type of punch and then maybe you try another one. Um, but you got to be real careful when you're, when you're drinking punch. Right. <laughs> you get sweet stuff mixed in with that alcohol and oh boy, they go down quick, right? They go down quick and you can get real hot and sweaty real quick too. <laughs> so, but, uh, but amazing uh, ratios and, 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 and uh, their, the drinks that they make there, um, it, it, really everything's well balanced. So, um, Club Lucky in in Bucktown is one of my favorite places, bar none, to get a martini. Um, it's a long martini list, and everything they make on there is really good. And the bartenders are well trained, so so much so. In fact, you know, with with mixology and and drink making, it's really about measuring. And I, for whatever reason, we're Club Lucky. I never see them measuring; they're eyeballing everything. But it all still turns out really good. Nice. They got a drink on the on the menu there called the New Boulevardier. Which is uh, a Boulevardier is a great drink that's got you know Italian liqueur with Campari and then like a rye whiskey, um, but they actually substitute out the rye whiskey on their new Boulevardier with some Drambuie and uh, it really and some Luxardo cherry liqueur in there as well. It's one of my favorite drinks uh, in, in town. Another high end place that I like too is uh, is Drum Bar in uh, the Hotel Raffaello. This is this is down kind of by Navy Pier with the hotel area. So you know if you're staying in town and you want a, an upscale drink and a, a nice loungy feel to it, it's on like the seventh or eighth floor of the Hotel Raffaello, which is a boutique hotel um, and, and really a, really a cool place. California Clipper in Humble Park to me. That's a great place to get a cocktail. There's some really good food around there as well, um, and it's a short 
drive from, I live in Oak Park, which is the first suburb outside of the city limits. And I'm about one and a half miles from the city limits. If I'm going to Humboldt Park, it's not a very far Uber ride for me because I'm, I'm going to like the west side of Chicago there. Um, so it's a, it's, qu- it's a quick trip for me. And it's one of those neighborhoods that has a lot of character. Um, and the, the California Clipper, you can get some, some great drinks there. Um, people uh, talk about uh, the Violet Hour a lot. The Violet Hour is definitely very popular. Um, that's in Bucktown. It kind of came out with that speakeasy feel to it with no sign and, you know, leave your phones in your pockets and, and you know, come on in and have a drink and a sophisticated, uh, what we think of, of prohibition. That, that's kind of the feel that they have to it. Um, I always like Bordell in Bucktown as well. Uh, and that's, you know, got the cabaret shows and all, all that, that 19, 19- 1920s feel to it and, and well mixed drinks and um untitled is, is is another place you know now we don't work with these places as far as you know the prohibition tours go but uh, untitled is like a, a modern day speakeasy as well it's like you, you feel like you're walking into a cvs and then suddenly oh there's another set of stairs here and next thing you know you're in a basement <laughs> there's whiskey libraries and you know, it's like a, like a Harry Potter type uh, library with the you know the ladder on it going back and forth, but it's all whiskeys and and bourbons and all that. Um, so I, I really love uh, Untitled and River North. You get a nice Sazerac there or something. It reminds me there was a place in uh, Honolulu called the Library, and it was in a hotel. But it, they called it the library, and it opened up, I think, like five or six o'clock every evening, and it was behind literally a wall a bookcase, a wall bookcase, and it would open up like the old Batman cartoon. And yeah. that was where the speakeasy was. You would, you would walk in there. It kind of reminds me of that, you know, this, the secret passageway idea. People love that stuff. I mean, it, it, it sets the mood for you uh, and, and gets you, you know, sets off the dopamine in your brain. And, and, and now you're, you're more into it. Now maybe you're tasting the drink a little bit more and you're, you're feeling sophisticated and, and having a great time. So it really does set the I'm waiting for the cops to kick in the door. Yeah, exactly. Now, now speaking of Honolulu, there's some great tiki bars in Chicago as well. And uh, um, Three Dots and a Dash down in River North, which is one of those where, you know, you go to the address and you're looking at Bub City. And you're like, I, well, I swear it's on Clark Street. It's it's right here. Where is it? You got to go around the back. It's in the alley <laughs> downstairs, and you know, Perfect. Uh, all the uh, all the well mixed tiki drinks. Uh, but uh, Lost Lake in uh, Logan Square was uh, that's a Paul McGee joint, and uh, he helped open Three Dots and a Dash. But uh, I love Lost Lake, and I think that oftentimes. You get tourists that are like, oh, I want to go to a tiki bar, and they kind of go for like the over-the-top flaming drinks and and super sugary drinks and ridiculous decor. And Lost Lake is really more understated and um, more about using the right types of syrups and the right types of rums and everything. And uh, it's it, to me, it's done uh, the way it should be, as opposed to the lit up billboard type look to it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. The over the top kitsch. It really, yeah, really, really. So, so I, I, I love uh, taking people to Lost Lake when they're when they're visiting Chicago, or at least steering them in that direction. It's uh, you know one of our, our hidden gems that I like to talk about. While we're on the subject of bars, there's, there's no shortage of bars. You can't stumble more than a few feet before finding yourself an Irish pub uh, in Chicago, and uh, they're just 
just uh, I, I don't want to like downplay them, but they're they're a dime a dozen. You could find so so many bars with character in, in the city of Chicago. I, I I've never had a bad time uh, going to Butch McGuire's, uh, you know, down on Division Street. There's uh, there's Mothers and the Lodge and Butch McGuire's, and the, all these places are across the streets from each other and and, and right there. And it's just they're Irish pubs, you know, and they're not built the way modern bars are built. They're built the way the bars were built back in the twenties. And so when, when they, when they built them and they've got character to them and, and um, I just uh, love, love going to places like that too. I would, I would say uh, if I brought people from out of town into Butch McGuire's and we're like, yeah, hey, you know, this is a great bar in Chicago. They're like, yeah, it's nice, but it's a bar, but you, you really got to do a little bit of a deeper look in there and, and see the character that, that it has there. So um, I, I love places like that as well. So you can stumble into 10 of them, you know, in, in a couple of blocks every, when you're walking every around. Every corner Chicago. at least. So that's, a, that's a great thing. It's a city. This is an older city for, you know, the United States as, as far as, you know, and, and there's drinking has been going on here for, for years. And uh, these places have been around for years. So it's not your cookie cutter, you know, setups. I love the idea of your prohibition tour, John. And that sounds like something that I would definitely want to do the next time I'm in Chicago. Uh, before we let you go, remind people again how they can get in touch with you and book a tour, whether it's the prohibition tour or a Chicago pizza tour. Oh, absolutely. So for the Chicago pizza tours, uh, very simple. It's just chicagopizzatours.com. And we've got a number of different tours, you know, search around, see which experience might fit you the best. Um, but we, we try to offer uh, different different ways to see the city through the eyes of pizza. And then for the Prohibition Tours, again, you know, uh, it's all about the name. It's just ProhibitionTours.com. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple of different offerings there. One's bus driven, one's a, a walking prohibition tour as well. Um, and we go to these places where the, where the party was happening and we tell you, we kind of set the scene and tell you what was going on, um, you know, at these places during that time, uh, along with a little history lesson, because it really is a, an incredible moment in, you know, U.S. history. And most people think of it as, as lasting from 1920 to 1933. But the truth is, uh, it was hundreds of years in the making uh, leading up to it, and its lasting effects are still being seen today. So interesting. John Porter, Chicago Pizza Tours, Prohibition Tours, thank you for being on Destination Eat Drink. We'll look forward to seeing you when we're in Chicago next. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a ton of fun, and uh, I, I can't, can't I can't believe I, I'm in a gla- class of, what, three people that have been on <laughs> twice now? That's right. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I really do appreciate it, Brent. Thank you so much. I'll tell you, I still think the story about the hot dog joint that does not serve ketchup has got to be the most Chicago-y Chicago story I have ever heard in my life. Uh, Thanks to Jonathan from Chicago Pizza Tours. And of course, uh, he will reopen his Chicago Pizza Tours and Prohibition Tours coming up as soon as this pandemic lifts. Well, that's going to put a bow on this episode of the podcast. While you're waiting for next week's episode, I invite you to go to DestinationEatDrink.com. I've got over 40 foodie travel guides to different cities around the world there. And I've also been posting to the blog. So I've got a bunch of shorter stories there on stuff like the four foods that you have to try when you go to Slovenia and why Malaysian food is so popular in Wellington, New Zealand. That's at DestinationEatDrink.com. I've also got every episode of the podcast listed there if you just click on the podcast tab. Next week on the show, 
very, very special. I'm talking to Kate Pearson of the B-52s. Yes, that Kate Pearson will be on the program. She talks about the original Love Shack. It's a place she really lived in. Plus, Kate tells us about the Deadbeat Club, her and her pals in Athens, Georgia. And of course, we have lots of foodie talk as well. Me and Kate Pearson next week on DestinationEatDrink.com, the podcast. Before we go, got to thank Ed Silla of Radio Misfits. Ed and Radio Misfits distribute Destination Eat Drink. So hat tip to those folks. And I'm Brent Peterson. I will see you down the road. Don't forget to wash your hands. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.